You're listening to Part of Wonder, the podcast that builds a world using random Wikipedia articles and then plays a game in that world. This season, get in the car, loser. We're going shopping. I mean, we're making a mall. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's fully just like outlet for our loopy levels of sanity once we're done. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. great. Anyway. Yeah, so let's uh let's bring on the, the new sanity levels. Uh, Pot of wonder. We got um so yeah, it's down it's uh down to a coin flip between uh the arcade and the plaza of coin operated things, you are here obelisk fountain, the car you can win, etc. <laughs> uh do we have a, a digital coin to flip? Uh, I have a two-sided die. Perfect. Uh, so that is a tails. A tails. A tails. A tails. We'll treat the tails as a two, and we'll call that the the plaza. Yeah, various uh various non store, non travel, non uh people things is. Sort of the catch-all, it feels like. Okay. Maybe, maybe with the guidance that you put a coin in it and it does something like a, a vending machine or like a ride or something. Coin-operated okay. thing. All right, cool. I think I... That's I my know. favorite Dresden Dolls B-side. <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck are we bothering? <laughs> Out of wonder. <laughs> there. Henry, Bishop of Finland, there are no historical records of his birth, existence, or death. But it's like <laughs> the the longest fucking article. Okay. How are there no records of him existing if there's an entire article about him? I don't... I don't like know, man. That, it's so insane. Shit, fuck. Uh, Pot of Wonder, Season 10. Uh, Danny, any pronouns are fine. Uh, I'm on the hunt for Hercules Mulligan. Uh, oh yeah, Morgan, uh, he, they pronouns, I have cat demons. Uh, Maria, they, them pronouns, paralyzed for conversation. Uh, Mike, he, him, uh, I have an extremely large painting that just showed up in my house earlier today. Oh, oh, Robin brought it by? Yeah. Have you seen this thing? <laughs> Probably at some point. I don't remember what it looks like. Um, there are two sets of eyes which clearly follow you around the room is the main fun part. Oh. Um, is Great. has someone living in your walls sort of popped out the eyes and is sort of watching you from the shadows? <laughs> um, yes, it's not even against the wall, which is the nice thing. So the the eyes still work kind of in the middle of the room right now? No. That's even worse. Great. I think I have something-ish. Hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely rolling, continuing to roll in case I find something better. <laughs> okay. I can go first then. So I have... Nikita Zotov. Uh, Count Nikita Moisevich Zotov was a childhood tutor and lifelong friend of Russian Tsar Peter the Great. 
Uh, he and his group of friends became the all-joking, all-drunken synod of fools and gestures. Uh, Zotav was, a pr- was uh, appointed Prince Pope of the Synod and regularly led them in games and celebrations. Uh, he accompanied Tsar Peter on many important visits. Uh, he held a number of state posts, and he married a woman 50 years his junior before dying uh, in ni- in 1717, of unknown causes, what a nice uh, live live hard, die hard uh, Russian friend who stumbles his way into politics or something. While I have Welsh rarebit, ooh, num num, ooh, yeah, or Welsh rabbit, just consisting of hot cheese based sauce served over slices of toasted bread. The original 18th century name of the dish was the jocular Welsh rabbit, which was <laughs> literally interpreted as rabbit. Uh, dish contains no rabbit. Variants include English rabbit, Scottish rabbit, buck rabbit, golden buck, and blushing bunny. <laughs> so there's no strong evidence that the dish originated in Welsh cuisine. It is sometimes identified with the Welsh cow's poby baked cheese. Welsh was probably used as a pejorative diphemism, meaning anything substandard or vulgar. Oh dear. Suggesting that only people as poor and stupid as the Welsh would eat cheese and call it rabbit. Oh my god. Wow. Just making up a guy to get mad at. Yeah. (laughs) The original making up a guy to get mad at. Yeah. Uh, H.W. Fowler in 1926 said that Welsh rabbit is amusing and right. Welsh rarebit is stupid and wrong. Uh, so, <laughs> I guess uh, everybody has strong feelings about uh, really Welsh rarebit. Feelings, very strong feelings. Yeah, what for for cheese on toast? It's a very polarizing topic. <laughs> it is told that God became weary of all the Welshmen in heaven, which they with their and all the others uh, asked the porter of heaven uh, asked St. Peter to do something about Welsh rarebit. So he went outside the gates and called in a loud voice. Um, basically, stop it with the Welsh rarebit. And you can't have Welsh rarebit in heaven. <laughs> and uh, peasants were not allowed to eat rabbits. So they used a melted cheese instead of an actual rabbit. Um, and it supposedly causes vivid dreams to eat the stuff. Huh. I did not expect any any part of this. I feel like I've gone on this quasi-intoxicated rant before, but people in the past just really, they didn't have anything to do, did they? I guess right? not. Like, this, <laughs> this is, is a like, lot of, like, fuss and culture they and, really like... really care about like, it. Like, like, regional hatreds over... Yeah! Like, cheese on toast? Cheese it's on toast, so yeah. Bananas, like... No bananas. <laughs> but, uh, they would probably call that, like, the the Scottish steak or something, the banana. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what the hell? Honestly, it's like, we're really, we're really not that different. Mm-hmm. We just, we just shitpost about it online instead of publishing... Uh, think pieces into actual physical books. Yeah, like Welsh rarebit would be like Twitter main character of the day, and then it, it would it would die down, and people would be like, "Yeah, cheese on toast, it's great." Exactly. 
Like, what? what is all of this? They're thinking so much about it. What about fondue? Fondue? Oh, well, f- well, fondue's another story, yeah. Oh, that's unrelated entirely. Uh, toastless yeah. cheese. Yeah. Oh, cheese with toast dipped in it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, if if, if you dip toast into cheese, that's uh, that's actually uh, Irish spaghetti, and it's a <laughs> war crime. Okay, I can do it. I can do it. Uh, no second prize video game. A 1992 racing video game developed and published by Thalian Software for the Amiga and Atari ST. It's a game about simulating motorcycle racing. The bike is controlled entirely by ne- by mouse. There are no joystick controls. The game features six playable riders, each with different strengths and weaknesses. 20 tracks are included set around Europe. On every race, the players competing against five other riders. Uh, points are awarded to winners based on like first, second, and third place. And you can do manual or automatic transmission. Yeah. Uh, ST mm. format said, if you're prepared to put in the work learning how to control the bike and you can handle the frustrations of race-losing smash-ups, you're in for an exhilarating ride. Apparently, it's a really good racing game. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the case of a a very cool name applied to w- what is kind of a, a mundane thing. Hmm. I mean, it sounds like a, a solid racing game, but like no second prize. It feels like an like an action movie or something, or like one of those things where you come up with the title first and then figure out what the game is going to be afterwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am a member. I I practice that school of game design sometimes. <laughs> well, uh, second prize was a set of steak knives originally, as I recall. So. Um, yeah. But there's no second prize, though. Yeah, there's no second prize. So just to show that it's not going to be a violent game because there are no steak knives available in the game. Or they have lost the steak knives. What's, what's your article, Maria? The Blake Museum. It is in Bridgewater, Somerset, England. And it is believed to be the birthplace of Robert Blake, General at Sea. 1598 mm-hmm. to 1657. Uh, basically, it looks like just a basic house, and because someone has figured that it could possibly be a historical uh, monument, uh, much like the Edgar Allan Poe house here in Philadelphia, and done a a substandard job of turning it into a museum. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah they have a small collection of agricultural machinery and tools, dairy equipment. Basically, just uh, it's a museum. A museum. Yeah, I like the note about the during the the coronavirus pandemic. It, they closed the museum, but opened up a Facebook group. And the the last sentence says, <laughs> "It is a private group devoted entirely to Bridgewater's history and nothing else." <laughs> like, there's, there's something very sort of like final about that. Yeah, <laughs> extremely serious. Yeah, like, you here to socialize? No. You want to talk about Bridgewater? No. History and nothing else. Post-approval is on in that group, and no one can post otherwise. 
There are moderators. If you go off topic, they will smack you down. They will send you a stern warning, and the second time you submit a non-relevant uh, post, you get kicked out of the group forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely strict. So can only one of these things be operating at any given time? So like when the museum opens back up, they have to close down the Facebook group and vice versa forever? Oh, I doubt it. I don't think anyone goes to this museum. Okay. I, think, I think it's very much the town look, probably looked and looked and looked through uh, the like historical records of all of the buildings in the area. And they were like, aha, this one, possibly a museum. Yeah. <laughs> and we shall have it listed as such. Yeah. This is Robert Blake General at Sea, who right. looks like the historical version of the Penguin in a historical Batman comic. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. With like a, a cravat over what looks like a suit of armor. <laughs> it looks like it pinches somewhere. Uh, what I would do with this in the mall is the mall has a very small like insubstantial attraction uh it costs like a quarter to go in and you can look at this like very tiny museum about something that pretty much nobody cares about it might be like the oracle or something Mm -hmm. yeah like the Mm -hmm. the one like quasi educational thing in the mall Mm -hmm. oh i know what i i know what mine is um so, like, just based on the fact that the the picture is of a a guy with a, a beard who was a teacher, I'm thinking this is like one of those like coin operated fortune tellers. Oh, like, you yeah. put in a, a coin and it'll give you some like dubious advice, uh, probably about par- partying based on the organization he was in. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking mine would be one of those coin-operated things where similar to where you put a coin in and then also a penny or something like that, and then you turn the crank real hard and it crushes the penny into some sort of interesting shape to remind you of where you were. Oh yeah, I love those things. How does that relate to Welsh Rarebit? Do you put in a cube of cheese? <laughs> Well, first of all, the the coin that you get back is quite tasty and possibly <laughs> I'm thinking something which were it would be sort of like uh one of those things, a communion wafer kind of thing uh, with some stuff on top. So it would be sort of like a commemorative coin uh that would taste like something and also would have uh, some indication of like how you need to act in order to uh, not be yelled at in the afterlife. Mm. Like what were those little comics? What are those things yeah. called? Where you you get the little thing and it's very cute, and then it reminds you to not go to hell or something. Oh, uh, those like chick tracks, chick, or jack, chick tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sort of something kind of like that, and something kind of like the commemorative coin, and something also with uh, the little cheese dispenser. Something about, like, a bespoke pressed moralizing cheese. So kind of like the opposite of a fortune cookie. Why don't it just be, like, a go-kart track? Oh, yeah, yeah, like a ride or something. But, like, it's coin-operated and you're not actually driving it. 
Uh, just sort of like bops up and down and side to side. I mean, it could be like that Santa's village. I mean, we don't have to. It could be like a little like, I mean, it's not necessarily Christmas oriented. It could be a little Santa's village. You could get on a motorbike. <laughs> and oh, yeah, uh, like a seasonal thing. Ooh. Yeah, and and you and you drive by um, some very not interesting architecture, um, <laughs> the history of Welsh rarebit. And <laughs> history of Welsh rarebit is going to be like a ninety-minute ride, apparently. <laughs> I'm thinking of something more like a really crappy slot car kind of thing. <laughs> You know, like Santa's Village with like a glass dome over top and it's maybe about 20 feet wide and you have like a terrible little controller that is sort of broken that drives your little car along this track through Santa's Village. I'm thinking like, um, I know that like I went to some amusement park or other that had like these little boat races and it wasn't like you didn't get in a boat and race. Like it was just these little remote control boats. Um, yeah. And like you used like an RC, like, you know, controller or whatever, and just like zoomed them around. And like, maybe it can be kind of like that. Like, it's like motorbikes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like that, but far worse. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's already always crashing and like, they're having to like fix it all the time. And so like half the time it's not like, it's out of service. So, a villain of coin-operated things. Uh, I was thinking, because I'm kind of always thinking about Bush Gardens, was mm-hmm. uh, the now uh, long ago retired uh, Big Bad Wolf roller coaster. Oh, Which yeah. was the <laughs> oldest and some would say shittiest, but <laughs> I would say best roller coaster at Bush Gardens, uh, where they attempted to tell a story by like rooming the little cars past things like a, I guess it was a, like a stick house. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I mean, and that was, that's all I remember basically. Like, a little ride, a poot 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 ride around mm-hmm. that passes. Yeah, that's that's what roller coasters are really missing is a strong sense of narrative. Yeah, I just I just think that they've moved too much into the exciting flips and turns, and they've focused less on the narrative. <laughs> Why are these turns happening? Yeah, I want yeah. to. Yeah, what does this represent for the story? That that's a very integral part of a good ride is being told a story along the uh you know minute thirty second journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know what what could be the story of little putt putt motorcycles that shake and uh, dysfunction uh, around a, a little a little pathway. Uh, who would like to go first with their thing, then? Well, I feel like you put your coin in, and you you grab a motorcycle, and you pony up. Then what happens? For your museum? Yeah, is this you volunteering you, or are you volunteering Morgan? <laughs> I don't know. I talk too much, but... 
you okay being volunteered, Morgan? Morgan said, what? I'm so sorry. I was talking over everybody. <laughs> I can roll with it. Okay. Sure. Uh, five five minutes go. Maria, what's your question? So I put my coin. I, I walk up to uh, this area in the middle of the of of the mall, and I take my 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 dollar and I push it in the machine, and I get some tokens, and I put my token into this janky ass like motorcycle bike, and I get on it, and it's like. What happens next? It's not you don't ride the mo- the motorbike. It's like like RC cars, like in a big racing area. Mm. What you mean, like like bumper bumper bikes? Like how when I said like about that one amusement park that I went to, where they had like you know boat racing or whatever, but it's like in you don't get in the boat. You're like there's like model boats or whatever. And you get a little remote control, and you kind of like maneuver the boat in the water, but it's like a small. Yeah, are you competing against other people who are like they they've put in their dollar at the same time? Yeah, generally, but like sometimes uh, I think maybe there's like the option for like single player mode, and then like maybe the like a couple bikes that are just like set up on tracks or whatever will race alongside yours not mm. very well sometimes it's not working <laughs> oh so there's like fake competitors yeah a little bit like it's like you know you can or like you can do a speed high score or something like that but it's yeah but most of the time it would be multiple people playing what happens if you put your dollar in and then I come along like 30 seconds later and put my dollar in? Am I like way behind you or do I zip up alongside you or is it sort of like double solo mode? I feel like maybe then like when it drops in, like the coin drops in or whatever, it like resets the other person's like takes it back to like a reset point or something. Like, I don't know, by some kind of weird, like, magnets or something in the, in the mm-hmm. bottom of the of the uh, display area, um, the track area. And, like, usually it's common courtesy. Like, most people are like, hey, can I jump in now? And then, like, the other person will be like, oh, yeah, sure. Or, like, oh, wait, let me just finish this one loop. Then, yes. And then, like, you know, take turns. It's nice. People are not jerks. Yeah. It's a very friendly, fun thing. So we can assume that there is no second prize, but what is the first prize? Like, what do you get if your your little motorcycle wins? Um, you get a bunch of uh candy coins. Ooh. Does that mean you can eat them instead of spend them? Yeah, you get it's like candy prize. Can you spend the candy prize to play again, or is it purely edible? Oh, um, mm, it's purely edible, but people definitely uh, have tried, and like sometimes maybe if it's like cold enough in the area that day, like sometimes the coins are like the cha- the like the candy coins are like hard enough that like they'll drop in and like work to. <laughs> operate the machine but then like eventually like it'll be a time where it's hot in in there and um 
they'll melt and then they'll like cause all kinds of issues with like you know weird jams happening uh inside both uh fruit jams and uh (laughs) mechanical jams and that's when like you know because this thing is like half the time it's like not working half the time it's got like out of service on it and uh who's who's in charge of repairing it when it goes out of service i would say that is kind of a secret it's sort of a Mm. mystery you don't really ever see anyone working on it um there's like probably rumors that there's like weird like underground little secret bug uh maintenance men (laughs) 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 look i need to inject some weird shit into it into everything (laughs) Uh, i i feel like we established some kind of like tiny maintenance crew in the oh yeah the, the frog maintenance workers mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 but these are but not but usually the frog maintenance workers you see them like kind of bounding around but these guys mm-hmm. these guys like you know it probably is the frog maintenance workers but also maybe it's not because no one ever sees anyone working on it but like mm-hmm. sometimes miraculously it it just gets fixed. Yeah, and then it's like fine, and you know, inevitably somebody breaks it again. Like <laughs> two days later, somehow nobody notices it's broken until like the next day. It you come in and like it's got the maintenance sign on it, and and we don't know who fixes it. No one knows. Curious. There's stories though about about little tiny creatures coming out of the houses. <laughs> Uh, at night mm. and repairing everything and riding the bikes around themselves. I'm going to stop now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit haunted. Um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I can yeah. go next because I have an image which doesn't go anywhere. Okay. So this is a coin-operated machine which is just called Rabbit. Um, so there's a pyramid of uh, incandescent bulbs, which uh, the first one lights, and then the next row lights, and then the following row, all the way down to the bottom, which is painted to just look like... Uh, it's painted in little black rabbit shapes on top of the incandescent bulb, so it's sort of like light, 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 rabbits. At which Ooh. point, it, it, it says something like... <laughs> and then it keeps doing that. To sort of attract attention. So there's a coin that you can drop in at the topmost part, and then two levers which you can yank to make it go down one path or another. So it's sort of a, a series of branching paths which make up the pyramid. At each point, there are levers that you can jam one way or the other. So there's, uh, at the top of this pyramid, uh, a little disc which as you're sort of like jamming these levers back and forth is going to follow a path ultimately down to the bottom of the pyramid and fall out. You put in your coin and you can yank into two different positions. Uh, That will fall down. You can yank into, uh, I guess, four other positions and onward like that. So there's a whole bunch of different paths that it can 
Uh, at some points, you need to insert another coin in order to yank it down one path. But essentially, it's just these big levers that you're cranking back and forth. Some of them are going to drip uh, sort of a free cheese sauce kind of thing onto the thing as it passes by. Others are sort of like hard cheese nibbles as it passes by. Um, and ultimately, each one of these cranks is going to imprint something on this edible disc, which is f- going to fall out into a tray after you've made uh, like nine different choices. So it's sort of a choose-your-own-adventure of edibility. So depending on your choices and how you yank and how many coins you're willing to put in, it might be tastier, uh, in scare quotes. Um, And it's going to have a a different kind of message uh, imprinted on the side of the thing, which is, uh, depending on your definition, quite delicious and edible. Five minutes go. So, is to what what extent are you able to control these things? Like, is it just sort of you make choices and different messages appear, or do you like you get to choose what message or glyphs or cheese sauces end up on this coin? Um, I mean, if you put if you experience it enough, you're going to know which pathways give what sort of combination of things. But if you're coming into this blind, really all you're doing is jamming a lever back or forth between two choices at each level of the pyramid. So it's sort of like a yes or no, depending on what path you go down, and then that's going to branch into two further paths and onward like that. So if you found a combination of yanking of levers that gave you an outcome that you enjoyed and you played it enough to memorize that, you would be able to get the outcome that you expected. But just in terms of the levers, it's not going to tell you anything about what the message is going to be, nor really what the flavors or textures are going to be. Are there any, like, really gross results or dangerous results? Yes, absolutely. Um, in part, a l- number of them can be dangerous because they're, this mechanic of yanking back and forth is going to sort of inject uh, metal shavings into the pathways, oh. which means that uh, some of it could be actually deadly, oh. and some of them are uh, will give you like the commemorative actual metal coin, so it would be possible to get a metal coin that uh, you can't eat, but is still going to have a whole bunch of like really nice flavors on it. So you could, uh, I guess, do some dental damage to yourself when you're expecting that it's just going to be uh, something that you can chew on. So you could have like cheesy metal coin or edible coin with uh, metal shavings embedded in it as it rolls down. Mm. And obviously, if you play this enough, you're going to know which pathways to avoid in order to keep yourself from uh, dying in one of those situations. But otherwise, it's pretty tasty, and uh, the sayings are pretty pithy. It makes me think uh. of the uh, the the video the video arcade classic Dragon's Lair, where basically you just have to remember a series of movements super quick, and you get to watch an animation of uh, of what happens 
And obviously that stops if you lose, but... Well, yeah, but in this particular case, there there's no, like, reaction time. Like, you yank a lever, it rolls down to the next decision point, and you yank another lever. You, there's no timing involved. You're just making choices. Oh, so there, there's no actual feedback at all. There's no... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all, like, mechanically controlled. It's not zooming down anywhere. You're just yanking from one place to another, and you have to use, like, a pretty significant amount of force to make one choice or the other. Like, if you're a, a small child, you would be using, like, all of your body weight and all of your strength to move one of these things, and you might still fail. type of person who plays this game a lot? I would say that there are... It's the kind of thing, because it, it is still, like, pattern recognition, and it's still pithy saying, so I would say that this is the kind of thing that's played by a person one time, and then they walk away in disgust and uh, possibly offended by whatever the message was printed on there, or it's the kind of person who comes to the mall and they're just going to spend like half a day interacting with this thing, just to see what all the possible outcomes are, because uh, what is it? It's going to be... 64, 128 possible like outcomes with a whole bunch of different pathways to get to each one. So there's a lot, a lot of replayability. Can we get some examples of the pithy sayings that are on these? Yeah. Um. Continue on this path, and you will be cast from it. Turn left three times and blink, and ye will be saved. Hmm. The shoes that knot together are the ones who separate. Kind of instructional, vaguely moralizing type Yeah, things. Yeah, but I mean, there are going to be some things which are based on the article in terms of... Uh, they're very sort of like specifically hyper-religious kind of things. Um, but this is getting imprinted uh, multiple times as it goes down, so... Some of the things will just make no sense at all. Because it's been, like, mis-stamped mis a couple times, and, it, like, all the letters are slightly on top of each other. Yeah. St. Peter, quoth, red and doorknob. Or just, like... Oh. Red and doorknob, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you get it just right, it's going to be uh, an actual, possibly paragraph long. Like, and, and also, like, very quotidian stuff, like the history of the like machine itself kind of stuff or sometimes just stuff like a sorry play again so th this does cons the machine consider itself a game then yes it absolutely does um and i mean insofar as this these sort of like branching pathways uh kind of mimic like neuron connections I think there's a very, very small set of very interesting players who kind of imagine that it does have a certain level of consciousness itself, if only they can unlock it by playing more. Well, that would be a fun idea to explore if we had time. Oh, did the timer go off and I just kept talking for like 10 minutes? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I heard it. It's all good. Leave that as a, a little little tease for the future, a little little blank space to fill in later. <laughs> I can go next, or 
Um, Maria, you can you can go next if you prefer. Me, whatever you think. I'll go next then. Okay. Yeah, my so my creation is Zotov. It is uh, <laughs> one of those kind of coin operated fortune telling things where you know it's you know a big kind of neon box where. Uh, inside is like a a puppet of a a bearded man. Uh, he is extravagantly dressed in a, a suit made out of playing cards and a, a hat made of metal. And this is Zotov, and you know, he has his little uh, puppety claws kind of around this uh, this wooden barrel. And uh, you know, you you come up, you you insert your your coin, you ask your question to Zotov, and it the the machine goes through this big kind of uh, mystic rigmarole, of like I am Zotov, a lot of like a uh, thunder cracking and then flashing lights, and uh, kind of out from the the little barrel pops the answer to your question. And, uh, you know, it, in kind of like that, that fortune cookie kind of style, it's, uh, it's a little vague. Um, it often involves kind of like non sequitur answers to that could be like universal answers to a lot of different questions. And, uh, sometimes it'll just tell you to take up a, a career in blacksmithing or shipbuilding. But, uh, those, those are, are fairly infrequent. Um, can this thing, does it actually hear your question, or is there some way of inputting your question, or like a, or is it just giving you a fortune? Yeah, I mean, the, the machine seems to kind of operate purely on, like, vocal input. Uh, there isn't even, like, a, a button that you press to indicate when you have begun to ask your question or have finished asking it. Uh, the machine can just sort of sense it somehow and, uh, you know, will provide you an answer with without you having to do anything beyond asking it. But it won't output an answer until I've putatively asked the question? Yeah, like if if you attempted to like filibuster a Zotov, it it would sort of <laughs> wait for you to finish, um, like uh, finish a statement with what would be a question mark if if it were written out. Hmm. To ask Zotov, uh, who will win the intergalactic beauty contest this year? Uh, what would they say? So, I think when it comes to kind of specifics like like who's and houses is kind of where where Zotov gets a little vague. Like he, uh, Zotov mm -hmm. won't give you like a specific person's name, but it'll give you like the the person dressed in a uh, flaming regalia who dances. And, you know, that, that could theoretically apply to, like, 15 different intergalactic beauty contestants. But, you know, if, if Zotov hits, then everyone will be like, oh, Zotov was so brilliant, uh, he predicted this. But, you know, if, if, it, if it misses, like, oh, did, you know, Zotov missed the, they could have applied to 14 other people. If I keep feeding coins into Zotov and keep asking the exact same question over and over again, will I get the exact same answer every time? I think with 
maybe the first three or so you'll you'll get the the same answer but you can kind of wear Zotov down so that uh, Zotov can kind of uh, starts to get a little looser, almost as if like each coin you you put into Zotov was like a shot of vodka. And, you know, after (laughs) four little shot coins, Zotov will be like, you know, who's really who's really going to be the answer to your question is siege warfare. Zotov will very occasionally delve into sort of military matters, despite no no kind of military training or authority. But yeah, you know, Zotov has opinions about warfare, which are very often inapplicable to modern life. Zotov ever been serviced? Uh, Zotov has never broken down. It doesn't really even seem like anybody ever comes by to like take money out of Zotov. Like, it's kind of unclear where all the coins you put into Zotov go. But, uh, yeah, it, every so often Zotov's eyes will just kind of close for a couple minutes. And if you you try to put a coin in Zotov at that time, Zotov's like, and, and you have to come back in like 15 minutes. That's the closest thing to service that Zotov ever experiences. Just kind of a power nap. Zotov goes offline inexplicably. During that time, uh, has anyone in the mall seen any uptick in uh, alien activity? You know, it's uh, it's kind of hard to to attribute that specifically to Zotov going down, but uh, you know, the there's there certainly do seem to be times that coincide with these uh Zotov power naps where where things get a little little more hectic uh particularly around the intensive cuisine unit the 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 elevator often malfunctions when when Zotov is down but you know no one's ever able to kind of connect those two pieces cuz they're so far apart geographically hmm makes sense what was the last question and last fortune that Zotov handed out? Um, so the the last question that uh, Zotov answered was, uh, "Zotov, will you marry me?" <laughs> and yeah, th- th- this is to a a a particularly. Um, Unusual, let's say, a mall attendee who has uh, fallen uh, in love with Zotov. And uh, Zotov answered, yes, Zotov's getting married. Yeah. What are the plans? Uh, well, I feel like it has to be at the mall, of course. Zotov uh, might have limited mobility, but... Uh, I think there's uh, a whole lot of planning to do. It it just happened. So, uh, you know, they're, they're taking the plunge and, uh, you know, stay tuned, mall fans, for uh, the wedding of the century. Yeah, good to know that they're just sort of barreling forward. Uh-huh. Change anything about your interaction with folks at the mall? Or are you going to have to split your time? Between your uh, betrothed and uh, the denizens? Uh, 
The timer went off, so I'm not obligated to answer that. Let's go to the mall, everybody! <laughs> Lake Museum. Okay, so I guess I'm going to go back to my original idea. Uh, so, coin-operated object in the uh, in in the mall is a very tiny museum piece. It's like maybe two rooms or something like you. It fits in the veranda. Uh, you put your coin in, you walk in, the light goes up. There's like a little speech that happens. Uh, and then you can go around and interact with like basically three pieces of memorabilia. Uh, this is a prototype for, they thought that, you know, when they built them all, that they were going to have so much draw that they were going to, like, bring in, uh, you know, Game Kill from Africa and talk about uh, the tiger. They were going to bring in, like, an example of pottery from uh, ancient China. And, and they were going to do, do this change out once a month. People were going to come, they were going to treat it as a museum, and then go shopping after after the prototype, which was just basically uh, a house down the street uh, that they decided to, like, build the prototype around. And uh, nobody lent any important historical pieces to the mall. So, basically, you can still tour the house down the street. Any questions? Wait, so the, how, there's the house down the street, and then there's the prototype replica of the house down the street which is in the mall or you're just directed to go down the street the replica is in the mall so it is the house down the street replica in the mall and then there's like these mock uh descriptions of what in the kitchen you'll find uh an example of a neti pot people use these once upon a time to flush mucus out of their noses it's said that Miss Applebaum died in the house after acquiring a brain ame- amoeba from this use. And then that exhibit like goes off and then you move to the next. So is it just like, is like the card for the neti pot there, but the neti pot itself is missing or is the neti pot actually there? like a photo of it you know one of those backlit photos that you see in a museum oh and it's sort of like burned out a little bit yeah so this you know largely sort of stands as a museum to things that people could like experience in their contemporary lives i mean you would probably have to trespass a little to get onto the Apple Bomb property, but on the whole, yeah, it's like a mile away, and everyone knows the story. It was supposed to be a stand-in, but then, I don't know, the donors didn't come through, and the, you know, like, they just didn't, the follow-up wasn't great, but you might as well leave it up, so that, you know, maybe a quarter, a month will get thrown in so yeah this was supposed to be a a rotating exhibit of things it it sounds like correct yes 
Okay, so mm-hmm. how how does the the mall or whoever operates this kind of explain that? Do they do they say more things are coming, or are they just kind of leaning into this is what the exhibit is? There's definitely a sign on the on the front that says "coming soon," uh, and then directs you to a URL that crashes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what sort of, like, security is there to keep you from getting into the exhibit without paying a coin? There's no real security. I mean, if you go into the exhibit without paying the coin, then the the walls don't light up. Ah. So, mm, so you're kind of stumbling around in the dark. Yeah, so you go in there and... Like, you can't really read anything, and it's not that interesting. You can go through it, it's fine. But, like, all the excitement is just totally funneled out of it. Do people take right. advantage of this? Um, like, are there naughty youths who will go in without paying so that they can out. make out in, like, the dark museum that nobody goes into? Or... Oh, 100%. Actually, it's on... Every yearbook's page. <laughs> Most likely to make out in the Blake Museum. <laughs> yeah. What do the people of the like the real house think of this? Like, do they like do they like point out inaccuracies? Do they do they go and see? they ever visit the exhibit themselves? Uh, they're all long dead. Uh, hmm. So, so no, nobody questions it. Uh, the house is actually in arrears uh, to the state for tax money. So, the actually, the only reason they don't burn it down is because they want to, you know, make sure people keep coming to the exhibit. This wasn't a house. Of, it wasn't meant to be a museum exhibit for long. It was just like, okay, the the people who run the mall looked around. They found a thing that the community was really oh. <laughs> I've been talking long enough. All right. Yeah. Uh, I guess Morgan, go uh, go feed the cats. Okie dokie. Yeah, we uh, we don't typically do a hot seat with the uh, multi-article episodes, but we do uh, yeah. still need to do that one we lost. Yes. BRB. I'll let y'all know when I'm back. Okay. This has been Pod of Wonder. We're waiting for the social media dust to settle. So for now, you can email us at podofwonder at gmail.com and buy some merch at society6.com slash podofwonder. You can find Danny on Tumblr with the username DannyPlaysRPGs. And you can find the games Danny makes at dannymakesrpgs.itch.io. You can find Morgan on Blue Sky with the username M0RGAN. Mike and Maria are still not on social media, an increasingly wise decision. Our opening theme is Opening by Kamiku. And our closing theme is Shopping List, also by Kamiku. Thanks, Kamiku, for always having those good, good tunes. 
see you next time, Wanderers. <laughs>